same time, I witnessed an alarming increase in famine, the growing proportions of the world, epidemics of disease, hunger, war, suffering. It made very little sense in the presence of such advanced technologies. My thinking was, if we could build machines that can tell us the temperature on the surface of a distant world, detect tanks and weapons in the jungles of foreign countries, then certainly we can transport food from point A to point B and feed people whose lives have been destroyed by war and famine and nature. I began a search for a single principle of unity, a catalyst to carry us beyond our differences, the differences responsible for such suffering as we face the greatest challenges of recorded human history. For most of my adult life, I've had a sense that somewhere in the midst of our ancient memory, we were left a clue to help us understand who we are as individuals, who we are as a species, and with that clue, a reason to look beyond the beliefs that may have separated us in the past and lead us into an era of peace, cooperation, hope, and possibility. From ancient temples and tombs, buried underneath centuries of sand and debris, to fragmented texts and monasteries in the mountains of Egypt and the high deserts of Peru, the American desert southwest, for nearly two decades, my search has continued, and it's in these places that the ancients found themselves on a very similar search. Well, it's in these places as well that our ancestors left clues to a lost knowledge for those who would follow in their footsteps. If we have the wisdom to recognize their gifts, and we can find within ourselves the courage to honor the legacy of their search, we may find that the answers to our greatest mysteries are closer than we think. This program is a story of my search for precisely such clues. Through a blend of true life stories, leading edge science, ancient texts, and direct experience, over the next few hours, together we'll develop the concepts and the applications, the literal instructions for a timeless wisdom that was left to us by those who have laid the foundation of our world today. Through their understanding, we are given new meaning to each moment in every day of our lives. So I invite you to join me on a journey. This is a journey of exploration, discovery, mystery, and insight. It leads us to the powerful wisdom of the ancients and to the knowledge of what they call the most powerful force, the single most powerful force in the universe. It's a force that lives within every one of us. And with that knowledge, we find the empowering message of hope and possibility that lives within us as well today. So I'd like to begin with a story that came to me a number of years ago. And I can't really even remember who it was that shared the story or where it came from. What I do remember is that it moved me so deeply. It brought me to tears the very first time I heard this story. And it also helped me to understand the concept of the field of energy that links all of creation in the traditions of the ancients and the implications of that concept. It's a true story of a young Jewish boy and his father in the 20th century. And as the Jewish boy was coming of age, he began to question the traditions that he had been raised in, what they meant to him and the validity of those traditions. And his father took the questioning very personally and was offended by the questioning. And the boy said to his father, I understand I've been raised in these traditions. He said, but I need to go out into the world and find if these traditions really hold true for me in my life. I have to see these things for myself. And the father said to him, if you turn your back on the traditions that we have raised you within, and if you turn your back on me, I have no son. You're no longer my son. And the boy said, I'm sorry, father, this is what I have to do. And he did. And he left the United States and he began to tour the world and he went into Europe 
just to find out what the world was like and how his teachings would serve him in his interactions with other people. Years went by. He and his father had absolutely no contact at all. They met a girl and they settled down and he was living a happy life in urban society. And one day into the cafe where they were having their coffee, a friend of his walked in from America that he had not seen since he left. And they were very happy to see one another. And the first thing that his friend said to him, to the boy, he says, I'm so sorry to hear about the death of your father. And this is the first time the young boy had heard that his father had died. And he immediately came back to the States. And he began speaking to the people in the neighborhood and to their friends and to the family regarding his relationship with his father. And what he discovered very quickly was that his father, in fact, had never forgotten him at all. That his father had spoke of his son incessantly and how proud he was of his son, the strength and the courage that he had to go into the world and find his own way. And it brought the young boy back into the roots of his Hebrew traditions, the Jewish faith. And he says, I'm going to go to the place where this belief system began, to where it all originated. He found himself in Jerusalem and he went to a place where people performed their prayers on a daily basis. It's called the Wailing Wall or the West Wall. And it's a fascinating wall, very ancient stone blocks with mortar that has held them together for many, many centuries. And the wall is so ancient that the mortar has begun to fall out in certain places. And in places where the mortar has been, there are little tiny pieces of paper and scraps of cloth that are rolled up and stuffed into all of the little crevices in the nooks and crannies. And on each one of those pieces of cloth or paper is a prayer that someone has inscribed and placed. And the tradition that brought him back to where his roots had begun, the boy also inscribed a prayer honoring his relationship with his father. And as he scanned the wall with his eyes, searching for just the right place where he could leave his prayer to honor his relationship with his father, all of a sudden, a prayer that someone else had placed in an earlier time dropped out at his feet. And he bent down to pick this up to replace it in the wall. And as he did, he happened to notice some of the writing on the prayer. And it was the writing of his father. And he opened the prayer. And what he found was that before his death, his father had journeyed to precisely the same place and had left a prayer giving thanks for his relationship with his son and the beauty that his son brought into his life. And in that moment, the boy was brought back to his roots and to the understanding that even though his father perhaps is no longer in this world, there was still that link. There was still a communication that had occurred between them. And when I hear stories like this, while I'm not surprised, I'm always in awe. I'm in awe of the process because it tells me two things. First of all, when I share this story with others, within myself, even though I've shared it many, many times, it creates a feeling in my body. And, and perhaps you had that feeling as well when you heard me describe how he looked at his father's handwriting and the synchronicity of seeing that on that prayer, the little piece of paper. And in that feeling lives a power. And it's a power that we are only beginning to understand here in the West. It's a power that transcends what we think of in our minds. It is the power of human emotion and human feeling that can only come about from a genuine experience of emotion in our hearts rather than the logic of our minds. So I'm sharing this story now to begin our program, hopefully to share with you, the listener, an idea perhaps of what that feeling is all about. 
The second reason that this story is so important to me is because for this kind of an event to occur, obviously there had to be some kind of communication between the young boy and his father. On some level, there was a communication there. In our world, in our Western science day, absolutely nothing allows, up until very recently, there's been nothing that allows for that kind of communication. And the question is whether the boy and his father were in the same country or not, or if the father was even in this world or not. Obviously, something happened between the two of them, and the question is, what is the conduit? What was it that was allowing that communication to transcend space and time? And for that boy to be in precisely the same place where his father had been at some time very recently doing precisely the same ritual that his father had done, what was it that became the conduit for that experience? Well, the answer to that question and the understanding of the quality of feeling that a story like this creates in our bodies leads us into the essence of what our program is all about. Almost universally, ancient texts in traditions, in our most cherished history, they tell us in the language of another time that the events of the world around us and the healing and the joy or the sadness within our bodies are directly related, that they're related in ways that in the West we've only begun to understand on the one hand. Now, on the other hand, within the last years of the 20th century, Western science began to validate precisely such relationships. Between 1993 and the year 2000, Western science under laboratory conditions began to establish the fact that we are surrounded by a field of what is called unconventional energy. It permeates all of creation. It's not out there around us somewhere. It is part of us. It